Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we bring back the fat burning man himself, Abel James. There's a tendency to think whenever you're especially due to kind of a paradigm of eating or living, to think that more is better and that going really, really hard is going to get you better results. And that can be true, but generally speaking over time, it's more about finding balance and finding a better balance at a better sweet spot for you. There are stories of, of grown men just like right before the end of their marathon, weeping, walking in the wrong direction, sitting down, just, you know, and much worse, by the way, much, much more graphic that I won't get into right now. But I mean, that's something that can actually happen. And our nervous systems are real. Our limits are real. You can't push this to the, to the max and expect success every time. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play today. We have a fantastic, fun conversation with my friend Abel James. Abel James has been in the health game for many, many years. He has one of the first podcasts that ever released out there in the podcast world, which is called the Fat Burning Man Podcast with a great YouTube channel. He's been around for a very long time. He has the book, The Wild Diet, which has been all over the place, all over the health world. And it's one of the first books I read in 2013, 2014, that really opened my eyes to more a ketogenic, intermittent fasting, ancestral approach. And Abel has been on the Keto Camp podcast before, episode 106, where he shared his backstory of going from being overweight, obese, to being the fat burning man. And we dove deep into tips for losing weight, the best time for carbs, the benefits of fasted cardio. And we took a deep dive into his book, The Wild Diet. You can listen to that episode after you finish today's brand new episode. We'll drop a link for that down below. Today, we discuss some very interesting topics. One of them is the social media censorship. And I asked Abel right off the bat, why did Instagram delete your account with over 40,000 followers? Very interesting answer. We get into how social media, the social media addiction mindless scrolling leads to mental health issues and what we can do to use social media as a tool, but not let social media use us and rule our lives. Very difficult to do in this day and age, even for myself. I find myself in the matrix of TikTok sometimes, scrolling on Instagram, sometimes comparing myself to other people. You know, I look at my friends out there like Thomas DeLauer and Dr. Ken Berry, and even people I don't know like Dr. Berg and other really well-known health and keto and intermittent fasting educators. And sometimes I find myself comparing myself to them and comparing where I am with my YouTube channel subscribers and you know the amount of likes I get on a post and my Instagram followers. And I look at these individuals who have sometimes 3, 4, 10x the amount that I have. And... Uh, it's not a winning game to compare yourself to other people. So I'm very aware when I started doing that and I remind myself, and I hope this helps you, that we're not in competition with anybody. You know, the world class, they create and they collaborate. It's the amateurs who compete. The only person that I'm in competition with, the only person that you're in competition with is yourself. It's what you did yesterday. The actions you took yesterday, the thoughts you thought yesterday, 
if you could just tweak that and get a little bit better today and then a little bit better tomorrow, I believe those small tweaks lead to giant peaks. Social media is a double-edged sword. And we'll talk about some ways to overcome the negative aspect of social media and use it as an amazing tool to reach more people. We also discussed the importance of your morning routine. And your morning routine is going to be very different according to your highest values and your hobbies and unique needs, but why we want to protect that valuable subconscious mind first thing in the morning. I asked Abel the question, and this is a question he said he has never been asked before, which is impressive because he's been on, I'm sure, thousands of interviews before. The question I asked him, because he's interviewed over a thousand people on his show, out of all the interviews he's done, has there ever been an interview he has not released? And if the answer is yes, why did he decide not to release it? And you're going to hear why. Very interesting. We talk about the benefits of feast, famine, cycling. You know, I'm a big fan of that. We talk a lot about that, as well as my mentor, Dr. Pampa. We call it keto flexing. He talks about the importance of feasting and fasting and how our cells are hardwired to do so. And then we get into his company, Wild Superfoods. It's a recent company he launched with amazing supplements, a whole food sourced vitamin C, collagen powder, and other supplements. And we, I asked him why he decided to launch this, and we discussed why his company is unique. We also have a special coupon code for you to get 10% off all of your products from Wild Superfoods. We'll drop a link down below, and the coupon code is KetoCamp, but we'll reference that during the episode. I will bring on Abel in a minute, but I do want to take a minute to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day from Pat P. Nurse from New Jersey. This five-star review is titled, Best Podcast with Real Education and Information. Ben, thanks for the really terrific podcast. Every episode is packed with great information. You do a great job by making each session educational and informative for all range of knowledge bases. It is very down-to-earth and inviting. I have listened to other health-related podcasts where it's really a conversation between the host and the guest, throwing around facts and terms to make themselves sound smart, but not including the listener. Thank you from Pat P. Pat P, thank you. I'm so glad you listen and the information is relevant to you. And you're right. We have information relevant for those who are scientists or for those who are just getting started with their health journey. We bridge that gap. Some episodes go really deep into the science and some give you some really bite-sized nuggets, but I always try to do my best to get the research and the explanation from my guest and then reiterate it with an analogy or some sort of way for the average person to understand it. And that's the goal. You know, if the information, the science goes over your head, you're not going to be able to get the information and apply it, right? So we want to make sure we bridge that gap. If you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcast, what are you waiting for? It really helps the show grow. It really helps us change more lives. And it takes a lot of money and energy and resources to get out these two to three episodes a week, which we've been doing. So you could thank us by simply leaving the podcast a rating and review, honest rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. Quick reminder before I bring on Abel, we just completed our seven-day keto kickstart challenge and it was absolutely epic, our best one yet. If you want access to the entire seven sessions, video recordings, detailed notes with special guest speakers, Dr. Ken Berry, Dr. Mindy Pels, Dr. Dan Pompa, Dr. Ben Bickman, and myself. We have seven full sessions and a bonus session plus detailed notes and resources. This is retail valued at $1,591. But for the next seven days, you can get the entire lifetime access to the recordings and notes for only one payment of $47. That's it. And if you're an action taker, head to Keto challengerecordings.com and get access to these videos and recordings and notes for a lifetime at this special price. We will also drop a link down below in the podcast notes. All right, let's talk with the fat burning man, Abel James. 
Abel James is a New York Times best-selling author and a modern-day Renaissance man. He starred as a celebrity coach on ABC television and has been featured in People's Magazine, Wired, Forbes, Entertainment Tonight, and NPR. As the host of the number one podcast in eight-plus countries called Fat Burning Man, Abel has helped millions reclaim their health and perform at their best with cutting-edge science, outdoor workouts, and outrageously good food. Here's my friend, the amazing Abel James. Abel James, my friend, the fat-burning man. Welcome back to the Keto Camp Podcast, brother. Ben, thank you so much for having me, man. We were having some fun uh, catching up offline, just supporting each other, and uh, you've been a huge inspiration in my life, as I spoke about on the previous episode. So for those who are new to the podcast, Abel has been on before a couple years ago. It was episode 106, where we talked about his book, The Wild Diet. By the way, Abel, when I went on Amazon and I looked up The Wild Diet, I don't know if this is an intentional thing or an accident or something just weird, but... It says the release date for the wild diet is January 1st, 1672. <laughs> Welcome to Amazon. Did you know that? <laughs> that's, that's definitely not something that I did. <laughs> I was like, maybe he did it on purpose because, you know, back he wants to go back to our ancestral times and that's what they ate. I'm like thinking, <laughs> so it was an, a typo by Amazon. Uh, yeah, that's meta in the in the true sense of the word. No, you know, it's interesting with Amazon there. It's just the wild west of listings. I remember when I released the wild diet within a couple of days, there were all these books that were by like Abel Jones and like Adel James that were all about eating wild. And they're just like, Make sure that your Cornish game hen gets up to 135 degrees and then eat it and it's a little beetle. And I'm like, oh my God, how is Amazon allowing any of this nonsense? But they do. It's just, and and not even that, but it's like, if you try complaining, there's no one really to complain to and they're not going to do anything. And it's been something, honestly, we've struggled with as, as independent creators with books, with apps, with as you know, putting out uh, videos and that sort of thing, as soon as you have like a really great idea or a structure or something, or especially as soon as you release something, there are all sorts of copycats within a little bit. And uh, I wish the tech platforms were better about that, but that's entertaining to hear that I sound so old, according to Amazon. I mean, that's that's jamming. The year 1672, that's when the book Not came bad. out. Traditional wild diet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, on that episode, episode 106, if you didn't listen to it or watch it, uh, we'll put a link for it down below. We went into your praying to purpose story, carbon monoxide poisoning. We took a deep dive into the book. And today's going to be a brand new conversation, a fun conversation, an amazing conversation. And here's where we're going to start the conversation. Your 40,000 plus followers on Instagram went poof. It went by, bye bye. What happened to your Instagram account? Why did you get banned and kicked off of Instagram? I don't truly know, but there are a couple of, of hints. There were a couple of threatening emails where, you know, our entire account would be removed or we would lose access or, or how, however they phrase it. We've gotten a few of these emails over the years from various tech platforms. And this one from Instagram was in reference to uh, a quote image that we put out for every show. We'll put out one or two different quote images, which kind of, you know, just has an interesting quote of some kind or something that will maybe ruffle the feathers. It, it might be a little bit edgy sometimes, but not too over the line. I mean, you know us, we're, we're, it's, my wife, Allison, and I are pretty, we try to keep things family friendly. And even if it is a little edgy, it might just be about questioning things. And so uh, I had a nurse on the show who, uh, it was basically just a direct quote and an image where she said that for-profit medicine doesn't have the best interests of, of people in mind. It's, it's killing people, essentially. The profit-based bent of medicine is a problem and, and, and various ways of saying that in text and an image. And so anyway, it was just, we responded to a false copyright claim and our entire account was pretty much like nuked. It seems like it's still there, but we've not had access to it in, in months now. I don't really expect access back, but at the same time, we've kind of struggled with this for a while as, as independent creators who want to do good in the world knowing that tech platforms are doing the opposite of that is an uncomfortable position to be in. And Instagram in particular is one of the absolute worst for our health, our mental health, our physical health, our idea of what is normal and acceptable, the indoctrination of 
advertising, some of it kind of pernicious and, and bizarre or just always there. Uh, it's not good for our, our mental state. And so not being there for a few months actually feels pretty good, oddly, although I do really miss being in better touch with people because these days, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, as much as I wouldn't like them to be TikTok, and the rest are messaging apps, they're, they're kind of like your phone book. And so like the amount of people who have probably messaged me thinking that I haven't messaged them back, kind of bums me out because I like being there for, for people as we all do. Yeah, the way I view social media these days is kind of like a, a necessary evil, right? It's like people are there and we want to get our message to people. But you got to be careful. Uh, this is a very important topic, the mental health of social media and, and the impact it has on your mental health, because everything that goes into your subconscious mind is accepted as truth. So as you're scrolling mindlessly, through your phone, TikTok, whatever it is, whatever negative story is on there, whatever like soft porn, it's essentially like TikTok is like soft porn, whatever yeah, um, a lot more. risque thing is all going to your subconscious mind, which in turn uh, is your behaviors and your lifestyle and your results. So for me, my philosophy is, okay, I'm gonna delegate as much as I can to my team to distribute things. I might check my messages and all that, but I'm gonna use it, not let it use me. So I think that's very important for those listening to understand that. Use it as a tool, but don't let that tool use you. What are some of the other negative impacts of just being addicted to social media? Like what have you seen in our space with people who are on social media all the time? It's never enough. And it's also been taken to the level that's so superficial that it's difficult to transfer anything that's meaningful in terms of ideas or creativity. Now, that's not 100% true. There are definitely exceptions. And there are some people who do it really well. But having been doing this for more than a decade now, with blogging, podcasting, videos, social media, and all these different forms, and also being a musician throughout all of this for many decades, you know, even before that, I've seen TikTok in particular is a great example of how <laughs> now even the music is following the trends of TikTok where it's all hooks. It's all chorus. There's no verse. There's no kind of like lead up to it. There's no foreplay. It's just right there. And then it's there again and it's there again and then it's gone and it's the next thing. And, uh, and I don't know how great that that is for our overall creativity and mental health. I know as a musician, it leaves people in kind of a, a strange space after the past couple of years. It's like touring has kind of restarted and music is kind of coming back a little bit, but also radio isn't really a thing and neither is MTV. Those are, those are long gone and we don't really have disc jockeys anymore. It's all algorithms and all these just like short, quick hit songs. And that kind of applies to a lot of our media. So if you want to go deep, then one thing that we like doing is going to the older stuff, whether it's books, or listening to old Tom Waits and Johnny Cash records and Blaze Foley and just old school jazz or whatever it is. Do that with whatever you want to learn about, whether it's gardening uh, in the backyard in the you know traditional organic way, which isn't new. Like this stuff has been around for a long time. Look for the old books, uh, look for the old movies about things and fall back in love with the right kinds of media. Because right now, it, it does seem to be a dark, kind of superficial time where more people are anxious and bummed out than ever. So it doesn't seem to be solving our problems right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great message. Go back to the old school uh, gardening, whatever it is, old school music. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden, your fat-burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy, so you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform 
every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Now, how many interviews have you done in terms of like you being the interviewer? How many interviews have you done in your life? Boy, estimate? well, well over 500, but probably well over a thousand. If you kind of add up, not just that particular show, the fat burning man podcast, but all the various things, because there have been, I know you, you're very busy as well and, and get a lot done. And I really respect what you do. And, and so it adds up over the years, you know, there's the video course here and there's a couple of documentaries and then there are all these apps and all these little things that you, that you created, but never released. Even there, are, there are so many of those, but yeah, in the hundreds to the thousands, I'll tell you what, not nearly as many as Jimmy Moore, Jimmy Moore probably is 10 X to all of us. He's, he's incredible as are a lot of people. So I'm not nearly as prolific as some, but yeah, we've definitely put in the hours. <laughs> Uh, so funny. I was just, I just did an Instagram live with him right before I got on here. We were just texting each other. Yeah. Jimmy Moore is like the OG of like, I, he's like in the tens of thousands. It's insane. It's amazing. All right. You kind of touched upon with your answer, the question I was going to ask you based off of the interviews you've done. And by the way, you know, I mean this when I say it, you're one of the best interviewers that I've ever come across. I could tell. And, and I mean it. And I know you being a podcast host like myself, you know, when a podcast host either wings it and hasn't done any research or they're well-researched and they know their stuff, they know their audience. And you obviously take a lot of time and energy to understand your guests and put a lot of research into it. So I respect that. I know a lot of other podcast hosts respect that as well because not, as you know, not a lot of podcast hosts do that. I've been on podcasts as an interviewer being interviewed, interviewee being interviewed, and I could tell this person has done no research on me. (laughs) You've probably been there yourself. Oh, man. the question I was going to ask you is, you know, 500, 1,000 plus interviews, has there ever been, and you kind of said there is, an interview or more than an interview that you decided not to release? And you don't have to say the person's name if there is one. And why did you decide not to release it? Wow. That is such an awesome question. I don't think anyone has ever asked me that before. Wow. Um, but, it, but it's something that I've thought about a lot. And there was one in particular that really was a pretty good interview. But at the end, and it was about, you know, he was a doctor. This was years ago now. He was a friend of a friend, a doctor. The interview went well. But at the end, it was one of those things where it was just like, it felt, and I don't know why. It was more of a vibe than anything else. It was more of an intuition. It's like, this feels like an infomercial type thing. And I don't, that's not why I got here at all. And I don't want it to be interpreted that way. I don't, I don't want to go in that direction. I don't know what it was. But it was just something about the way that it ended. I think maybe he pushed it a little too hard or pitched too hard. And every, you know, the reality is, especially now, it's hard in in the world of health to make it and pay your rent. You need to have something to sell. Otherwise, you can't just be out there all day interviewing because it costs money to have a place to do that and internet and food and, and all the rest of this stuff. It's real. So I respect that everyone has a reason to be there and usually something to sell as well. And hopefully it's because they've put their weight behind something they believe in, as is the case with you and the way that we do our business as well. Now that we, we have plenty of things to sell. We have, we have many of things that many things that we've sold over the years, but I, we don't want any of it to get in the way of the actual message of health, which is you need to be in charge of it. You're your own guru. And here are hopefully a, a whole lot of things that can help. But yeah, that that's what I would say is the biggest kind of like, for me, it's not even disagreeing with people on the interview. Uh, you know, over the course of the podcast, I've had so much of that. That's great. I love disagreements. I don't have to fight with them. I think it's great just to, you know, open the world up to multiple types of 
thinking, multiple perspectives, different ideas about things. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. So yeah, it's never been like censorship. It's more just like, ah, that guy just started pitching way too hard. Oh, I don't think we can do this one. I don't think. Yeah, I get that. That's respectable. (laughs) And there, there was one other one that I have regrets about. Joshua Wiseman is, you know, an amazing person in the space now, especially in the world of cooking, but he's been around for geez, as long as I have, maybe even longer. I met him when I think he was 16 years old. And and we did an interview at Allison in, in my apartment in Austin way back in 2016 or 2017. And it was so great. And I loved it so much. But the iPhone mic pooped out. And we only had half of the conversation, not like half of the length, but only one of the voices. And so uh. like, it just totally didn't work. But that's, that's one other regret where I wish I could release it, but we kind of can't. So there have been a few of those technical glitches that caught something that was kind of a once in a lifetime conversation at a certain time that I wish had had been captured better. So always use redundancy. Like I'm recording this from my end right now, just in case we have the cable running up the stairwell right now, just to make sure that we can hang on for all these interviews. That would be another piece of advice is just like always do as much backup as is reasonable. That's great advice for anybody who wants to be a podcaster or if you are a podcaster. Me too. I have GarageBand running in the background, getting my audio, and then StreamYard is recording both of our audios. So anything you can do. And then I have my internet Ethernet in, right? So just in case the Wi-Fi goes out. So these are the great tips for podcasters. And that's super interesting about the um, technical difficulties. I've been there with a great podcast and I'm like going back to listen to it. I'm like, oh boy. I can't release this. So half the audio is not there and you kind of learn from that, but uh, it's, it's super yeah. interesting. Thank you for being authentic and sharing that about the one you didn't release. Totally could get that too, about being too salesy, not opposed to selling a product that you love and believe in, but if it's over the top and you're right, it could take away from the message. So that's respectable. Well, and one, one added little bit to that too, you have to be really careful with health claims, no matter who you are these days, like saying that something cures something or it does X is a dangerous conversation. So you have to be careful and going overboard with that is something that you you have to be aware of because in this world of clickbait and, and hype, it's really easy to go overboard. So it's, it's important to be honest about the conversation and, you know, social media generally doesn't give people a lot of credit for having a nuanced conversation about things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember at the beginning of the COVID and everything that started to happen, there was a, a doctor, I forget his name, but he was going on a lot of podcasts, big name podcasts, speaking about like colloidal silver and what it does for like coronavirus and the immune system. And they came after him. I think they, they shut did. him down. I think he got in a lot of trouble with the FDA and they even shut down his practice, right? So that's a perfect example. You got to be really aware of that, especially the last two years, they've ramped it up. Absolutely. So even as the podcast host, like you, Abel, yeah, you also have to be careful with your guests and the claims they make because you could might be just an innocent bystander that might they might come after you, right? Yeah, it's happened before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, anyways, it's very interesting. I think it'll be valuable for those who are aspiring to be a podcaster. I think anybody who wants to grow their brand, their business, their message needs to have a podcast. What do you think about that? If they're up for signing up for a life sentence of content creation, yes. If if that's you and you want to be behind the microphone or in front of a camera and you could eventually become comfortable doing so, then absolutely. I would say, especially in this world now where more people than ever have had these sorts of video conference things, whether it's Skype or Zoom or or meeting apps, people kind of have, have gotten over that hurdle, that technical hurdle for the most part, where they can show up for you almost no matter who it is, because now you can do it with a phone with earbuds and and stuff like that. You know, 10 years ago, when I started this, it was a whole different game in terms of the the technical aspects of going about all this. But now the problem isn't so much that uh, there is some technical complexity to the whole operation, of course, but it's more about just oversaturation. Now there are so many different shows and pieces of content, and some of them have started and stopped. And some of them, uh, you know, at some point, it seems like there are going to be more channels than listeners or viewers, right? And and so I don't think that'll happen forever. But that's a great problem to have and a terrible problem to have. We'll, we'll all have to work through that. But that's something that is an uphill battle for some people where they're just expecting that all of a sudden they'll have all of these listeners because they're, uh, you know, putting out this show that's 
an hour long or three hours long. And just like Joe Rogan, three and a half hours every single day, just like shooting all these out. That doesn't mean that you'll necessarily build a following super quickly. So as long as you're comfortable with that and you're focused on building a body of work, then I think that's probably the best possible media that, that you could create because especially now, if you're creating something like a podcast, generally it, that stands on its own. Whereas if you create a TikTok channel, it's not like you're creating something that you're uploading to a TikTok channel. You're just kind of on there and they own that and you don't really, you haven't really built anything. You haven't built a blog, you haven't built a podcast or a feed. So whether it's your own website or a podcast or some way of syndicating your own work out there, I think that will be really important, especially as we look toward the future of decentralization of media. Great, great answer. I agree with that. Your podcast has been around for, you said 10 years now? Yeah. That's, yeah, you're one of the first in the game. It was like you, Jimmy Moore, Sean Croxton with Underground uh, Wellness. Great uh, show. Yeah, yeah, I love Sean. He, Sean's, Sean's actually the person who helped me um, come up with Keto Camp. He was uh, the, oh, one, no of, one of the, the brainstorming effect of me and Sean Croxton. He was giving me some business coaching and we came up with Keto Camp. So I keep in touch with him. And that yeah, so it was cool. you, Sean Croxton, Jimmy Moore, who else? Maybe Ben Greenfield, Dave Asprey. They might've came after you, but yeah, you're a perfect example of somebody who's committed and uh, your show is great. So everybody go subscribe to the Fat Burning Man podcast. Uh, your website is fatburningman.com. Let's now discuss more nutrition, intermittent fasting, and, and that aspect of the conversation. So as you know, uh, I love keto. However, I'm not dogmatic about it. I actually think we should go in and out of ketosis, which is my principle called keto flexing. I know you're a big fan of that as well. So maybe you could share how you apply carb cycling, keto flexing, kind of going in and out of ketosis, and how the audience could apply it to their unique needs as well. Yeah. And, and I love your approach, KetoFlex. Also, your book is a, is a wonderful overview of, of how you can manage that and getting into the specifics of your own life, how to set it up. But uh, there's a tendency to think whenever you're especially due to kind of a paradigm of eating or living, to think that more is better and that going really, really hard is going to get you better results. And that can be true. But generally speaking, over time, it's more about finding balance and finding a better balance at a better sweet spot for you. And so in my background, I've been pretty much a recreational runner for almost my entire life. And I competed for a while. I was never, you know, elite levels or anything like that. But I did run far and, and pretty fast for a while. And so fuel became a major issue for me. Because I wanted a good power to weight ratio for running up mountains and for running marathons and things like that. And if you're carrying too much fat, not good. And also, you can bonk. So if you go out and, and you run hard or you bike hard or you swim hard. Uh, anyone who's done endurance events knows that you can run out of gas. You can run out of glucose, which is stored in your muscles and your liver. And, and when that happens, it's, you know, there are stories of, of grown men just like right before the end of their marathon, weeping, walking in the wrong direction, sitting down, just you know, it's not a much good worse, feeling, by the way, much, much more graphic <laughs> that I won't get into right now. But I mean, that's something that can actually happen. And our nervous systems are real. Our limits are real. You can't push this to the, to the max and expect success every time. So finding that balance for me at the beginning <laughs> and uh, in pursuit of performance, sucking on sugar packs of goo that were caffeinated and delicious and chocolate or, you know, those stinger packets of honey and uh, all the rest of this stuff to get through races and... After a while, I realized that I didn't necessarily have to do that. And the way that I got there pretty much was through fasting. It was the nutritional inroads to kind of changing the way that I was fueling for training. And when I realized that I could go longer without food and specifically that I could basically make my glucose and glycogen last for longer, I could get away with doing extreme amounts of exercise, even at a pretty high level of, of cardiovascular output without major detrimental effects of underfueling. Like that was something that I was really interested in because it's a pain in the butt to have to eat all the time. It's really expensive. You've got to clean. You have to worry about fueling in a different way. So anyway, many people, when they get into uh, ketosis, the state of ketosis, get there by going, say, less than 20 grams of carbs a day. So 
kind of flexing that muscle, so to speak, like engaging that gear. I think of it as another gear, right? When you can train up that gear and then build some capacity there, hopefully with, with exercise in it, or at least going throughout the day and, and, and doing your own thing without having to fuel, building that fat burning mechanism, uh, so to speak, that's an incredible thing for most people to do. And then once you've done that, building muscle or increasing your endurance or output of exercise, or just even, you know, due to stress levels of your own life, sometimes you're, you're running a little hotter, being able to eat more and being able to refuel that glycogen and also have that metabolic flexibility to hit the other gear, the rocket fuel of sugar is also great in its own way, at its own time. If you want to build muscle, then insulin is not your enemy and neither is glucose for the most part. They, they can be extremely useful. And if you sacrifice them completely, uh, you could do so for the sake of simplicity and you might get some great results. But m for most people, they're pretty temporary. And whether you like it or not, you're going to swing back into eating more carbs for one reason or, or another, especially looking at food scarcity and food storage and the amount of money that food costs now, proteins versus fats versus carbs, being able to store some carbs on the shelf and, and know how to prepare them and turn them into resistant starch, say, as opposed to something that's totally high glycemic is really important. So I would encourage people to learn the skills of how to use and store all the different macronutrients, including carbs. And doing those re refuels, everyone has to do it in, in kind of their own way. But I know that I feel a heck of a lot better. My wife does as well. And most people we've worked with, when you get some refuels and you have some amount of flexibility, but you have to be honest with yourself. You can't just like go straight back into eating 350 grams of carbs, processed carbs a day, you know, as is in the standard American diet and expect that you'll still get great results. So you, once again, it's all about finding that balance. It's a great, uh, I love your explanation of it. It's a great explanation. I love the analogy of a different gears. And you know, 88% of Americans, at least according to uh, a study from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill in 2018, they found that 88% of Americans are metabolically inflexible, metabolically unhealthy. They're sugar burners, carb burners, and they would really benefit from getting from that away from that one gear of just sugar burning to switching over to being a fat burning uh, machine, <laughs> no pun intended, a fat burning man or woman. And then the opposite is also true and it's also problematic. If you're in ketosis for a very long time, you're only using that one gear and then you become metabolically rigid and inflexible in a different way. So we're not designed that way. We're designed to kind of go back and forth and have specific times to hit the sugar burning gear but then be a fat burner and kind of go back and forth. And to your point, when you do it around exercise and do it when you're metabolically flexible, that is the goal. The goal is not to be dogmatic and a keto person or a vegan person for the rest of your life. The goal is to be metabolically fit and achieve metabolic freedom. So great explanation. Anything you want to add to that, Abel? I, I think that sums it up really well. And, and once again, you need to be the one who builds your own compass, right? This will always be changing a little bit. The ultimate truths will never change. There are some of those, the great principles, but also there is a lot that will change and, and your own body and goals will change over time. So it's important to make sure that you are willing to adapt to those and be somewhat proactive about those over the course of your life. Well said, absolutely. Did you know there's actually beverages that can supercharge your fasting results? My favorite, which is a keto powerhouse, is apple cider vinegar. There's a ton of research showing apple cider vinegar has been beneficial for boosting your metabolism, suppressing appetite, reducing fat storage. That's because apple cider vinegar contains acetic acid, which is a short-chain fatty acid that's been shown to promote weight loss in those ways. Also, apple cider vinegar is one of the best ways to balance your blood sugars. A study showed apple cider vinegar improved insulin sensitivity after high-carb meals up to 34%. We also know that apple cider vinegar stimulates digestion, acts as a bile stimulant to help break down the fat you're eating on keto. Another research study showed apple cider vinegar protects against mineral depletion. If you're like me, you probably don't like the taste of apple cider vinegar. I think it tastes disgusting. That's why my go-to is Paleo Valley's Apple Cider Vinegar Complex. 
This is an organic blend of apple cider vinegar and four more gut and health supportive superfoods. I take this before my meals. I take it before coffee. And this enhances my fast and my blood sugar regulation. You'll find it contains organic apple cider vinegar, organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic Ceylon cinnamon, and organic lemon. Since you are a listener of the Keto Camp podcast, we worked out an exclusive discount code for you to get the apple cider vinegar complex capsules and all of the products over at Paleo Valley. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. By the way, they got delicious beef sticks and an awesome organ meat complex. Go check them out. Paleovalley.com. That is KetoCamp15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. Now, you mentioned intermittent fasting. Uh, I know you've done like three-day fasts before and different fasting strategies, but I want to know, why do you love intermittent fasting so much? What are your favorite benefits of intermittent fasting? And what are some variations of intermittent fasting or fasting strategies that you like to utilize? I love the simplicity of fasting and the simplicity of kind of having the the on and off switch for your own, not only metabolism and way of eating, but also your consumption in a way, right? Like your that setting, because when you wake up and you you go on social media and you start just like scrolling through, you're in that mode of consuming. You're not creating. And so fasting in a way, mentally, spiritually, can also build that. I mean, you're, you are building strength in that sense as well. It, being willing and able to say no to whatever that is, is an important skill. And uh, tapping the brakes on on things is something that we're less and less likely to do these days with all these options and all this saying yes and all these things that are thrown in our faces. So uh, fasting can be approached in all sorts of different ways. The, the way that I got into it was really through pushing breakfast into later. And then aside from, you know, some sometimes when I did go a day or two without food when I was younger and stuff, I didn't think of it as fasting. But when I first really researched this a bit, more than a decade ago and really went down that rabbit hole and tried practicing it in combination with training. It was pushing out breakfast until about noon and doing something like a 16-8 style fast where I would, generally speaking, do my workout in the middle of the day and sometimes I would do it completely fasted, but I didn't right away because the first few times I tried it, I was talking about out of gas. I wasn't bonking, but God, it was, yeah. it was, a you didn't slog. have that burst. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You didn't have that jump in your step that you might be used to. It was definitely some workouts, even the same workout can be a lot harder than others. And this was a slog. So at the beginning, I started with a, with a small meal. Sometimes it was just like some BCAAs or some protein powder or, you know, little bit of gross tuna fish or something back then, whatever it was. <laughs> and then, uh, would do the workout and usually refuel after that, have kind of a bigger meal. And then I would eat dinner and that would be it. Sometimes I'd go out drinking too, because I was in my twenties or whatever. And, and that was it. And, and over the course of doing so for a few weeks, I realized that I wasn't sacrificing strength. In fact, I was, I was hitting personal bests in, in terms of, and I wasn't measuring this super seriously, but my lifting was getting better. I was feeling really good. And mostly I didn't have to shop for prep, cook, and then clean up for one or two maybe meals in the morning that I had pushed into later in the day. And then, you know, doing big cooks on Sundays on the weekend and then having leftovers available, it simplified things a lot. And and that also started saving money when I was able to get away with eating less, <laughs> but not really sacrificing performance, which for a while, that was a hedonism thing as well. I needed to get over that from an ego perspective because... Uh, especially being younger, there's, I don't know what it was, but it's just like, the more you eat, the more of a man you are, the more strength you're building or something. And that can be true, of course, like, especially if you're young and athletic, and you're burning through all these calories or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I think from a mental aspect, I had to reorient that into being like, wait, if I'm eating less, and I'm performing better, and I'm shopping less and all this stuff, and I'm, I'm saving money, that's a win. Let's reframe that into a win. Uh, let's try eating a little bit less for a while and embracing that made fasting easier. 
and eventually that turned into kind of the OMAD, the one meal a day. I remember reading Ori Hoffmeckler's Warrior Diet, fantastic, underrated book, totally magnificent man with an incredible, you know, all of, he's done so many different kinds of work and I really respect that. But anyway, a great read. And so doing the kind of eating for four hours thing, the 20-4 style of fasting worked well for me for, I don't know, eight years or so. I did that most days. And now I'm kind of back to the 16-8 again. And that's feeling really good. So I think it's important for people to keep recalibrating. And, and sometimes I'll give myself a break on the weekends. If I want to eat earlier, I can. Generally speaking, I really, I don't get hungry until I start eating for the most part. And so sometimes it is good to get ahead of that as well. Sometimes, once again, you don't want to run out of fuel. So being able to pre-fuel sometimes ahead of your hunger, even if you're not that hungry, can be useful sometimes, but usually I, I saw it as a win for me, who uh, I have a tendency to put on weight relatively easily, whether it's fat or muscle. So I need to be careful with that, usually getting away with the under eating piece, even if it's just the off switch through fasting, can be a nice way to simplify the approach to making sure you're not eating too dang much, which is the big problem for most of us these days. It's so true. No, I, I love the schedule. And I, what I'm hearing is that, you know, the discipline that you develop with intermittent fasting and saying no to food, that discipline transfers to other areas of your life. It kind yes. of it's like a muscle, a disciplined muscle that you get stronger. with. I've seen that to be true with myself as well. And I love how you're very flexible with your fasting approach. And it follows the, you know, the principle of feast famine cycling. Intermittent fasting is not necessarily about eating less. It's about eating less often. And to your point, way back in the beginning of the conversation, you said just because something is good, doing it more doesn't make it better. Right. Fasting is something I see people overdo. And I was guilty of it myself. It's like, sure. I feel really good when I'm fasted. Let me keep doing OMAD. Let me keep doing 24 hours. And then too much fasting is not good. So I love that you have some weekends where you don't fast. You go either 20-4 to 16-8, but you're following the principles of life, which is feast, famine, cycling, which you talk about in the wild diet. But why is it it's so important to feast? And when I say feast, I don't mean eat bad food, but to feast. Why is it important to feast just as important it is to fast, Abel? The, the first time I ran a major marathon, it was something where I didn't know exactly what I was doing and I did not refuel properly. And I got pretty much the flu for like three days, maybe even a, a week after that, I got quite ill. And that happened to me a few times when I didn't properly refuel. And, and specifically what that meant was going too hard on the glycogen. I thought I had, oh, I just ran 30 miles or whatever. I've got to refuel all of this glycogen all at once. But that suppresses your immune system. You have to find a way how to balance that correctly. So the feasting, I mean, it's, it's important what we put in our bodies and whether it's nutrient dense or not, or how processed it is, this stuff does matter. And so like, just because you are fasting, that can be a tool, it can be uh, great and really useful and create wonderful results for a lot of people. But what you're eating also matters. What you're not eating matters so much, but what you are eating also can result in massive deficiencies or in relative abundance of, of multiple nutrients, various nutrients, a diversity of foods. And also you're getting a, a mental stimulation and, and some level of entertainment out of all of the various spices and smells and experiences. I mean, you live in Miami. I love going to Florida. My folks live in St. Augustine. It's just every time it's just a buffet of smells and experiences and a feast for the senses. And so that's, that's a very important part of being human. And, you know, just the idea that all of these totally ripped models with six packs and perfect bodies are eating micro microwave dinners with chicken and broccoli every night. Like it doesn't have to be that way. It can be more luxurious and abundant and fun and entertaining. And, and anyway, that's, that's the way that we like to do this. You can approach health from a way that's, that's creative and fun. And that's how many chefs do it and, and how many, you know, my dad was a short order cook to pay the bills for a while. And I learned so much from just, you know, watching people create things 
out of nothing. So falling back in love with food and the, the creative aspect of feasting and entertaining for other people is a wonderful, luxurious event, so much better than social media could ever be. But sharing this experience with other people is something that we're all meant to do as humans. And, you know, for the most part, when you do fall back in love with feasting, hopefully you can look at cooking again. And, you know, if you want to embrace your health, you kind of have to, you can't get away with just doing that microwave dinner or picking up food all the time, or, or else it's going to be really expensive or difficult to manage for a family or what have you. So being able to look at food as something that's nourishing your body and is nutrient dense, but not something that's just going to make you fat or whatever is really important now more than ever. So that's, that's kind of how I would frame feasting. Yeah, you can, if you want to, you could go to Taco Bell and eat as much as you want, but that's, <laughs> you're not going to do that too many times. No. You, you know, learn your lesson. make those mistakes yourself if you want to. But uh, when you engage the feasting part of the day, try to make it as enjoyable and as high quality of an experience and of food as you possibly can. You, you'll realize over time that it's totally worth it to do so. Great advice. You know, you're somebody who I know you have a, you protect your morning and I'm the same way. So I want to know why you believe that first hour after you wake up is so vital to our day and our results and our life and some of the things you do to protect your morning after you wake up. Man, I, I love your questions, Ben. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Abel. Waking up in the morning, is a, it's a sacred time. And yes, the reality of the situation is that some people have to like get up, go straight to work or take care of the kids or whatever it is. And, and you do have to get right to it. But to the extent that you can, if there's a way that you can protect that, that brain state that you have right after you wake up, it's a precious state that it's kind of like a balloon that gets popped. As soon as there's that interruption or that bit of stress or that squirt of adrenaline or whatever it is, poof, it's kind of gone for the day. So, and this won't work every single day, but I found great value over the years in terms of writing books, writing music, working on the business, uh, looking at, at different life goals and prioritizing various things or, or trying to draft out where, where we do want to be in three months or five years or whatever. And that time of the morning is just so sacred. And so I try to wake up in the morning and practice some level of self-defense against technology where you're not being notified. And of course, yes, you need to have your, your phone on sometimes in case of emergency and things like that. But five or 10 minutes or so, if you can go just a little bit without freaking out and hopping on Instagram or, or the news site or whatever it is that like is the tendency, because it's addictive to do that. That's the whole point. They make it addictive. So try to just delay it for a few minutes. And if you, uh, if you had a dream, and especially if it was a nice one, not unsettling or whatever, or stressful, like write it down. What does that mean? Where do you want to go today? If, if you could just write a few sentences, what would they be? You know, this sort of creative questioning is so important for reframing your day and your mind once again to that state of creativity, which I keep talking about because it's being so snuffed out these days. We're just, once you're in that reactive state of consuming things, that, that balloon has popped. So whatever it is that you find precious to you, whether it's cuddling with someone you love or, or waking up with, with your child and giving them a kiss and saying, I love you, or writing a silly little poem that makes someone giggle or, or maybe plunking out a few notes on the ukulele that you've always wanted to play. Do those things as soon as you wake up in that dreamlike state, because you're not really going to get it back later that day, or you have to work really hard to get into that, that gear, right? That, that sort of protected, but vulnerable state of being human, which all of us have somewhere. Yeah, no, it's such a, it's such a special time during the day, to your point. And I love all the suggestions. So it could be playing an instrument, writing down what you just dreamt of. Gratitude has been a big practice of my life first Huge. thing in the morning. Like, yes. Yeah, affirmations. So find what works for you. Some somebody might need to do meditation and they, you know, really love that. And another person would not really enjoy meditation. But the the goal is to protect that morning. And it, it, it's so the subconscious mind is the most impressionable first thing in the morning. You're in that dreamlike state 
you want to protect it and not open up your social media feed or turn on the news. So the way I do it is I don't I don't check my phone until after an hour after I wake up, then I'll, I'll turn on my phone. But you could put your phone on do not disturb. And here's something I learned. And then on, on iPhones, if you have like a favorite, let's say it's your wife or your mom or your husband, even though your phone's on do not disturb, the favorite calls will still go through. So if they're an emergency, those will go through, but all the other ones, you don't get notified. So that could be a hack for somebody. So we're very alike with that, Abel. I protect my morning very much so. So I love that you shared that. If you're anything like me, you spend a lot of money on supplements each month. Have you ever thought these supplements are actually working for you? Are they attaching to your receptor sites and helping your cells do a specific job? What if you're not getting enough minerals? Or what if you have too much of something creating an imbalance in other minerals? Knowing this will not only save you money, but it'll also improve your health so you could balance out the vitamins and minerals that you really need. With that being said, how the heck do you know if you have a mineral imbalance? What I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that at the comfort of your home. In this case, I'm talking about my friends over at Upgraded Formulas and their upgraded hair test kit and consultation. When you discover the truth here and what's going on with your body, you can vanquish any of those hidden deficiencies that are affecting your metabolism, thyroid, adrenals, mental performance, endurance, strength, and sleep, just to name a few. I've had Barton Scott on the show before and he gave a masterclass on minerals. How this works is simple. You are sent a test kit and you use some of your hair. You just cut off a short piece of your hair. It could be on your head or pubic hair. You send it back to them and they have your results. They also offer a consultation to go over your results with you. It's simple, it's effective, and it's one of the best tests to know if what you're doing is working for you or not. If you'd like to get your hands on their deficiency test and consultation, head to upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 to receive 15% off your entire order. That is upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below. Let's talk about wild superfoods. You know, this is a, uh, a new company, a supplements line that you decided to develop. Why did you want to come up with uh, wild superfoods? What is it and what are some of the products that you have? Yeah, it's interesting because um, over the years, I've had a, a love-hate relationship with supplements and kind of the convenience world of foods, if that makes sense. And more than anything else, it was it was a few interactions through music that I had with with some people I've been fortunate to study with over the years who were older, you know, in their 60s or 70s and had some weight to lose. And I saw a few people get some incredible results. I would usually take lessons in the morning, whether on guitar or piano. And, and this happened a few times where uh, <laughs> my teacher would just be, you know, slugging back looking hungover or whatever, just like slugging back something kind of gushy and <laughs> clumpy. And I'm like, what in, the, what in the world is that? And there's like, I don't know, my doctor, my nutritionist said that I should drink this in the morning. It's got protein and it's got some other stuff. I just drink it and I lost 70 pounds in the past six months. I'm like, 70 pounds in the last six, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I'm not going to make a salad for breakfast. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and cook anything. That's not me. And so there were a few people like that who I've met over the years who have completely transformed their bodies, their lifestyles by having a high quality source of protein around or a high quality source of powdered greens and, and veggies and fruits, or at least the nutrition from them that's available to them because they're not going to go and shop for lemons and grapefruit and apple and, and things like that. And also a big piece of that, my wife Allison and I have been really into camping, hiking, RVing and emergency disaster, off the grid preparedness and that sort of stuff and, and doing wilderness hikes for, for many years now. And having something available that's shelf stable, like a protein powder or a greens powder, for example, uh, when you don't have anything else has saved our butts on the road or on a hike or whatever it is so many times that it's been really useful. And we like having ingredients that we can make delicious but healthy foods around. And so a few of the products that we have like Future Greens and Collagen Cocoa are ingredients in a lot of our recipes. So that's kind of like something that we've always wanted to do that, that we're psyched to be able to bring out now. 
No, that's awesome. I, I love I love the idea. And, you, and you're so right. Collagen cocoa is the one I have here, which is a great grass-fed bone broth protein. Uh, we're big fans of high-quality bone broth, grass-fed, which is the way you do it. Great way to get collagen into the body. I also see that you have a vitamin D stack, which is very important to understand because if you just take vitamin D alone without the other fat-soluble vitamins, it could actually create a functional deficiency. But you formulated it where you have vitamins A, D, E, and K, K1 and K2, all together. You have an adrenal stack, probiotic, future greens is what you spoke about. So I think it's terrific. I'm glad that I got myself a bottle of the collagen cocoa. Next, I'm going to try the vitamin C and the uh, vitamin D stack. And you and your team were so gracious to give the Keto Campers, my audience, my awesome audience, uh, a coupon code, which is Keto Camp, to get a nice discount. So yeah, thank you for that. For those watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, we'll drop the link right down below at the top of the show notes, and we'll put the coupon code Keto Camp uh, for you to get that at a nice discount. What is your favorite product from? Uh, what are two of your favorite products from your line, Abel? Yeah, I would say Future Greens and Collagen Cocoa are probably my favorites. Fizzy C is a close, uh, you know, third, but. Future greens and collagen cocoa you can use in so many different ways. And collagen cocoa makes a great pudding, chia seed pudding, also brownies, cookies, cakes, and all sorts of other things. So wow. we, we have some fun with it. Where can my audience find those recipes or recipes from you and your wife in general? Yeah, wildsuperfoods.com is the website. And we'll have quite a few website recipes there coming soon. But also we have a giant amount of recipes from over the years at fatburningman.com which are real whole foods for the most part, low carb and keto friendly recipes, paleo friendly and primal as well over at fatburningman.com. And you can have a lot of fun there too. Yeah, yeah it's a great website. It's uh, been a great resource for me over the years as well as your book. So fatburningman.com uh, and then your website for the uh, supplements as well, superfoods.com. The coupon code is KETOCAMP. Your book is called The Wild Diet. It came out in 1672. It's been around for a while. <laughs> been around for a while. <laughs> you also have a, a children's book, which is uh, Designer Baby Still Gets Scabies. I, I can never forget that name. Such a great... Is, I said it right, correct? Is that right? You did. Yeah. You did, yes. <laughs> and then you also have a book on music, right? From a, several years ago? Yes, The Musical Brain. And that one is a, a deeply technical kind of scientific look at uh, where music comes from how it's related to language and also the evolutionary basis for how we got at all of this. So it's a dense one, but definitely worth exploring. And now there, there are a lot of books around that subject. So I would encourage people to take a look at, at some of those. It's, it's an interesting field. Awesome. And you can find everything on your website. So just go to fatburningman.com to get all of those resources. Your, your uh, podcast is The Fat Burning Man. Anywhere else you want the Keto Campers to go check you out, Abel? I guess for some of the creative projects, A-B-E-L-James.com, AbelJames.com. And uh, yeah, hit me up. It's uh, sometimes hard to find me through so social media, but you'll get to us eventually if you want to collaborate or you have great ideas about where to take this world next. We need more good people like Ben out there in the world. And we appreciate you listening and being part of our tribe, so to speak. So it's, it's, it's especially, I, I'm going to ask you, on the interview on my show very soon about where you see the media landscape going over the next few years. Cause I don't think it'll look like it did in the rear view mirror, but I'm excited to have people like you out there and the listeners who are really in this for the right reasons. So there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, no, I love that mindset. I do have one more question for you before we wrap it up. And by the way, everybody who's listening and watching, we're going to put all of the links, all of the show notes, everything mentioned can be found down below and make it very easy for you. Um, so go check out Abel's social media, his YouTube. Just don't look for him on Instagram because that's... <laughs> yeah, don't look for me there. Uh, last question, vitamin G, which is gratitude, the strongest vitamin in the world. What are you grateful for today? What do you have vitamin G for today? Ugh, the wind is blowing right now. And like, there's a different front coming through and the air is kind of cooling. It's been really hot and... Uh... I'm so grateful for being connected to all of that and the fact that things change and it's all a bit impermanent. And so that's, that's a reason to be grateful for everything. But 
to your point, that's that's definitely something that I try to work into every day, whether it's writing it down in a journal, something or a few things that I'm grateful for or doing it during a meditation. That has been a huge part of my daily routine and our families for many years now. And it's probably the best bang for your spiritual buck, so to speak. I love that. Yeah, it sure is. Um, Abel, I'm grateful for you, man. I'm, you've been a huge inspiration Likewise. to me. Even before I knew you, you've been a huge inspiration. I read your book, as you know, several years ago, I got all highlighted and took a lot of notes. So and cool. then, yeah, and then we became friends and I uh, just admire what you're doing. I'll be on your podcast tomorrow. <laughs> so round two on my on your show. This is round two on my show. And just keep showing up. Grateful for you. Thank you for the conversation today. Everybody go follow Abel. And I look forward to round three already, brother. Thank you for coming on today. Likewise. Thank you so much, Ben. I hope you enjoyed that fun, entertaining conversation with Abel. You got to love that, man. Go subscribe to his podcast, The Fat Burning Man. Go check out his website, which we'll drop links for down below. Go get his book, The Wild Diet, which released in, 19, in 1672. Just kidding. <laughs> and go check out Wild Superfoods. If you use the coupon code KETOCAMP, you'll get a nice discount off your order. Click the link down below for the Wild Superfoods. We'll also drop that coupon code KETOCAMP down below for you to see. We'll put a social media and everything can be found in the podcast notes down below. If you want to watch the video interview of the podcast you just listened to, head to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash KetoCamp. All of our podcast episodes can be found in video format on our YouTube channel. We'll drop a link for that down below as well. If you want to take advantage of our special offer to get lifetime access to the challenge recordings we just completed, head to KetoChallengeRecordings.com or head to the link down below and take advantage for a one-time payment of 47 bucks. You'll get access to all seven sessions and detailed notes. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast and spending part of your day with Abel and myself. Hope you have an incredible rest of your day. Love you, appreciate you, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.